And we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heavy Hitters Podcast. I'm Nathan Peterson. And I'm Lane Cochran. On this show, I'll be referred to as Pete because, you know, we like to keep it kind of short and simple, to the point. He's Lane. That's four letters. I mean, that's short and simple. I was just going to get... All right. So, we're kind of just going to dive right in. It's the first episode. It's the pilot episode. That is some water running. We are actually currently recording in a sewer. Coming at you humbly from the sewers of Metro Atlanta. I also want to make it known, um, Nathan Peterson's pen smells like butthole. Um, if that gives any indication of what his free time is like, then yeah, I make podcasts and I sit on pens. All right, so we're kind of just going to dive right into this, you know, college football. Um, we got some top games for Saturday. We're kind of just going to do a rundown. We're an all sports podcast, mostly of the sports that are currently in their current season. Um, so college football is the big one. We're going to be digging into the NLCS, uh, about the Red Sox, they're in the AL, but you know what I mean. Um, NFL, we got some debates for you there, and we're going to dive right into college football right now. So some top games for Saturday. I know this is a tough one. We both enjoy Auburn. Yeah, uh, we're Auburn fans. I mean, we said we wouldn't say it. We're not, we're we're not going to have any biases towards them, though. We know they're garbage Oh, no, right this now. is all bias. We're going to give 100% bias. <laughs> they are garbage right now. Auburn at Ole Miss. The line is favored in Auburn's direction at 3.5. What are your kind of thoughts on this one? I mean, honestly, it's like you 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 have to say Auburn's gonna win just because of how god awful Ole Miss is. But at the same time, Auburn is just absolutely disgusting right now. I mean, they can't get anything going. Well, I think this is maybe a good game for Auburn because Ole Miss's defense is, like we said, terrible. Um, no, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you see what works. You get Stidham back on his feet. Um, I think I think a lot of a lot of fun coaching comes into this because you can do playful stuff when you have a defense as horrible as theirs. Um, you can kind of mess around, see what see what Stidham. I mean, obviously nothing's working for him right now. And I, I think Gus is Gus is just. He, I mean, his his play call has always been you know, hundred percent like roll as fast as you can. And for some reason, he's really trying to slow down Stidham. He wants him to be like a, a good decisive pocket passer. And yeah, it seems like he's trying to you know rush him into like more of an NFL kind of system, and that's just not really what's worked for Auburn in the past. I 100% agree. I think it's he's, I mean, that kind of said it better. I think he's trying to trying to make him, trying to prime him up, and if he keeps playing like this, he's not going to have a spot in the NFL unless he's maybe a backup quarterback. So. Yeah, and I think another thing about that, too, is the offensive line. You said, you know, keeping Stidham on his feet, you know, we got to, you know, let him stay there first, you know, not getting pressure. The line's three and a half, again, favored in Auburn's favor. You know, you typically get three points just go being a home team. So Auburn's pretty much favored by a touchdown. I kind of like that. You know, I feel like Ole Miss is going to score a couple touchdowns, but, you know, defense always travels. So I feel like Auburn's defense, you know, will probably show up to play, give Ole Miss a you know, hard time, maybe force Tamu to, you know, throw a couple picks or something. I kind of like Auburn in this one, um, but I, I, I think it'll be a pretty close game. So the next big game, Michigan at Michigan State. Michigan favored by a touchdown. Um I'm actually going to go with the dark horse here. Michigan State is looking, something. looking to play spoiler this year. They just knocked off Penn State last week in Happy Valley. I kind of like Michigan State. Um, they get kind of sloppy wins, but they seem to get the job done. What do you think about that? Well, no, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think they get the job done. And, I mean, the record shows uh, what, I mean, the past couple of years has been Michigan State wins. So, um, Except for, you know, uh, two years ago or last year, they had a three-win season. But other than that, they have... I mean, I don't know. I feel like every year it, it's one of those games. It, it reminds me a lot of like Auburn LSU, where when they play, it's like either team could be horrible and either team could be incredible, and you never know who's gonna win. Yeah, just so it's a big rivalry game. They're they're gonna show up to play no matter what team you got. Um, going down a couple of these, Illinois Wisconsin. That's just a no brainer. Wisconsin's favored by twenty five points. I heavily expect them to put a butt whooping Bunch on of them. Corn fed white boys. Yeah, and. This is another kind of interesting game. Oklahoma at TCU. Oklahoma favored by eight. That doesn't surprise me. I could kind of see Oklahoma blowing this one out a little bit. You know, explosive offense. Kyler Murray's having a hell of a season. Um, you know, he's been slinging the rock like nobody. He's picked up right where Baker's left off. Yeah, I mean, I I, I got to agree with that one. I think, like you said, Kyler's having an awesome season. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, saying he, he fills the role of... Baker is, is a big number, but at the same time, I think he's doing it better than, than most guys would have right now. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield is definitely his own player, but they haven't 
necessarily dropped off, except, you know, Texas kind of, but I mean, he still played good against Texas. Um, probably the next big, you know, kind of will surprise people, Memphis at Missouri. This is kind of an intriguing game, you know. Memphis. I'm going to have no comment on this game just because I, I haven't kept up with either team whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, Memphis like, is, you know, that sneaky team in the uh, AAC, American Athletic Conference. Yeah. They just took UCF down to the wire 31-30 last week. That was a nail-biter, you know. UCF's won however many games in a row, can all of last year, and so probably 13 plus 7, so 20 games in a row that UCF's won. Um, I, I I think Missouri, Memphis is favored, but, you know, actually coming off that tough loss, Memphis, I could see them getting the job done, but for me that's either way. This um, is totally random. But if you haven't looked up and just like looked a picture of Memphis Stadium, it's sick. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of like the little. It's got. It's like a curve. It looks like a wave going on around. It kind of. It, it kind of looks, looks. Have you ever it's seen like a um, small stadium? But it looks dope. Have you seen um, Oregon Stadium? It, I think it's. I think it's. It's really similar to that one. Yeah. You know, it's it kinda, like like there's no like there's no like cur- there's no like sharp edges on their stadium. It's yeah. Like, it's like all curved. It's kind of shaped like it should be like the Rose Bowls in a sense. You know, just no, the no, one, yeah. like the one bowl, but yeah, I think it looks pretty cool. But the game is played at Missouri, so we will not be seeing that on television. Oh no, yeah, that was just that was yeah, just I, I completely thought. agree. Um, UConn at South Florida. South Florida is going to whoop them. South Florida is undefeated. They beat Georgia Tech. That's a big Power Five win for them. Um, so this is probably. The biggest game in the SEC this week, Mississippi State at LSU. Mississippi State put a butt whooping on LSU last year. The Tigers are six and one. They just came off of the Georgia. So good. Just came off of the butt whooping of Georgia. Mississippi State's riding a high. They just beat Auburn. Nick Fitzgerald ran for what seemed like five thousand yards against Auburn's defense. What are your thoughts on that one? I mean, I think LSU is kind of unstoppable right now. Um, I, I have I mean we'll talk about it in a second but as um I have them we'll we'll talk about it in a second we'll talk about it in a second You're I have them highly yeah. ranked in my personal top ten yeah 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 but um that, no, that'll I, be the uh, we'll get into that in just a minute I I think I think they're really really good I I don't know going down the list another big game in the SEC Vanderbilt at Kentucky uh, Vanderbilt just came off of a heartbreaker of a loss to Florida last week blew that big lead. And, you know, Florida's got to be riding on a high right now. Kentucky is a solid, solid Kentucky team. Kentucky good. Kentucky, I, w- I wouldn't even be shocked if they win the East, I'm being honest. I, yeah, I totally see it, too. That Georgia-Kentucky game later in the year is going to be... Uh, oh, that's a hu- That's, that's going to be, be a big game. game. And that I mean, play, Kentucky that game stays is, at the pace they're at. That game's going to be played in Kentucky. That's also another thing to keep in mind. So I, I think Kentucky's going to win that game. I think it's honestly kind of a slap in the face that they're only favored by uh, 13. And, I mean, you, you, take, you take a Vanderbilt team who's just coming off a loss. I mean... And where are they playing that game? In Kentucky. Okay, they're playing in Kentucky. Vanderbilt's coming off a loss. I mean, I know there's statistics and there's facts going to it, but you got to take into the fact that, like, I mean, you have a Vandy team, you, you you take a loss, you blow a big lead, that's enough, and then you have to go on the road and play one of the best teams in the in the East. I mean, that, that sucks. Yeah. So it's not like they're going into this with a heart full of passion to beat this team, and Kentucky's got everything to lose right now. So they're yeah. – I, I, I see Kentucky winning this if they lose it. That's a massive blow to their season. Um, doesn't really do a whole lot. For yeah, that, that would put so. them at two losses, two in the SEC, and that yeah. pretty much puts Georgia in the draft. Actually, well, depends on the Kentucky Georgia game because Georgia just yeah, lost because last yeah, Georgia just lost. Yeah, so that game's gonna be very pivotal. Yeah. Um, next game, Ohio State at Purdue. I I again, this is only favored at thirteen points for Ohio State. I completely see that as a slap in the face. Purdue is terrible. They cannot win ball games. They have some talent in some places, but they just can't get the job done. Ohio State's undefeated, um, ranked number two in the AP top ten or top twenty-five. But I, I see Ohio State just absolutely oh my slaughtering gosh. Purdue. I one hundred percent agree. I, I think that's kind of ridiculous that I say that. Um, I, I think that's like a very safe um, prediction to put right there. But at the same time, like you see Ohio State in their Big Ten offense, like. They run up the score like nobody else, and I mean Alabama and Ohio State, they can run up the score. I mean they're hand in hand doing that. So, um, yeah, I think that that spread is a little is a little tough on Ohio State's part, mm-hmm. but um, sure. I I one hundred percent like them, and I I totally like them in that game, and I I don't know why Purdue is even even giving that much of a yeah even giving I mean that, like that's that giving that's team. giving a team that bad way too much credit. I think so too. Um, next game, Pac twelve game, 
USC at Utah. I don't really know what to say about this one because USC is probably the most bipolar team. Oh my god! In college football, oh my god! You, know, you don't know what you're gonna get. Um, I really don't know what I can So I'm gonna go ahead and just go with the home team. They are favored by seven points, which Who's I, home? Utah. Okay. So I mean, Utah always, you know, has that very solid program. They kind of remind me of BYU. They always just, you know, seem to kind of it seems have like they, really solid teams. They have a couple years where they go ten and two, eleven and one, and then it seems like kind of the low end for them is like an eight and four. So they always have kind of a consistency with that football program. Utah is actually a very hard place to play. You got altitude, um, so people are going to be, you know, depending yeah. depending on how Utah's offense plays, defensive linemen are going to be, you know, coming in and out. And I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and. Say Utah on that one. I like that line. No, I agree, I, and I think it's one of those things where you look at you look at Utah, and when you look at th- like every every all the statistics come into it, and the, like what you just said, how they're always a solid program. They're playing at home. They have the altitude on their advantage. Their stadium's actually a pretty big stadium. I mean, it's going to be loud. Um, Utah fans are super into it, so I, I think that's something you have to consider. But I totally agree with the fact that you said that USC is one of those teams where you, know, you get anything from them. I mean, if USC has a breakout game and plays incredible and Utah loses, I mean, that's not going to be that big of a shock. But at the same time, if, if Utah plays this solid game that they should play, I think it's going to be a close game either way, honestly. But I think I think if USC isn't really playing with that fire and Utah is playing with their their constant good offense and their good defense, then honestly, I, I could see them coming out with a, a close win. Yeah. And another thing about USC is you don't really know what you're going to get out of your quarterback, uh, JT Daniels, I think his name is. He's... That freshman, he's I mean, he's a gunslinger. He yeah. he's either you know, he's either on it, he's throwing dimes, looks like Aaron Rodgers out there or I mean, is this like Clemson's quarterback? Or no, he's yeah, he's Rip. Lawrence? Yeah. Is he still out? Rip. He, well he destroyed his knee in that one game. No, he he hit his head. He got tackled and he hit his head. Oh no, you're totally right. That was over fall break. We were watching that game and he was laying mm-hmm. on the ground grabbing his knee and everybody was freaking out yeah, at this. It was, it was at the house. He, he got he got And then, and then we went the to the beach, yeah. You know, you're totally right. I was you know. <laughs> Alright. College game day. Travels to Washington State for the first time and I don't know when. There's always a Washington. I'm pretty sure it's the first time ever. Might be. I'm pretty sure it is. I, that I, doesn't I surprise me. Right. I mean Washington State, you know, they've kinda had like a struggling program. They're getting back on track now. So I mean the people obviously the people that have the giant wazoo flag that travel anywhere to college game day are going to be happy because they're going to have to just stay. Oregon at Washington State. The line is uh, three points favored in Washington State's direction. So this is a tough game. Um, both teams are sitting at 5-1, and one, I believe. Um, I kind of like actually... Yeah, yeah, five and one for each team. I mean, it's just it, it's one of those games. It's, it's going to be a season long implication. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, this you, is you lose this game, it could. This is going to have I a mean, big impact. Two losses, two losses for a, a a team that's for either team that's aspiring to be top ten. I mean, two losses being in the top ten is, I mean, next to impossible. Not much. I mean, much less trying to get to the college world. Yeah, series, this or, is world because series, it's so a it's they're in the series. same division. Um, both in the Pac twelve North. Uh, both sitting at two and one in the conference, um, so whoever loses this is gonna you know drop down to that third spot because Stanford, Washington, Washington State, and Oregon all have one loss as of right now. So it's gonna have a big implication on the Pac-12 North. I'm gonna go ahead and say Oregon just because I'm in love with their quarterback. Um, yeah, Huerta, yeah, or whatever his name is. He's a Heisman candidate. He is. He is one of the front runners. He is a stud. I I think he's gonna go top five in the draft next year this kid can put it on a rope and he will find his targets even if they're not open i'm gonna go ahead and say oregon with the win um kind of like the line it's three in favor of washington state i don't really know how much big game experience washington state has um oregon i mean the the one game the 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 cougars ended up losing was the with that three-point loss on the road against usc um, yeah. Like we said, I mean, that was one of those games where USC was just on their point, I and mean, they were yeah. playing really, just, really well. You never know what you get out of USC. So, so I, and that's one of those things when down the road, if that keeps them out of the big games, I'm, I mean, that's going to suck for them. Yeah. Because, and, well, I mean, you have to look at their schedules. I don't think their schedule's that that hard. But, um, I mean, if, if somebody takes that, if USC ends up crashing this year, somebody takes that loss, is like a really big deal. Even though USC can play really good football, it's just they tend 
to either play really good football or really yeah. trash football. I, 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 it's one of those games where you, you hate to see them lose, and you hate to see a team that honestly should be a, a lot higher ranked than they are be 25, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just, you know, obviously talked about the big games for this week. Not not the greatest slate of games. I mean, there's definitely some big implication games. Uh, might be kind of a slow week. But, you know, with that said, the AP Top 10 as of right now stands Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame at 4, LSU at 5, Michigan at 6, Texas 7, Georgia 8, Oklahoma 9, and UCF 10. So, you know, with that being said, where do you rank your top 10 teams? Okay, right so now? what we'll, I think the best way to do this is just to spitfire our top 10. We'll both do it, and then whatever teams we have comments on, we'll just go back and we'll say why, All right, why we're so doing there. Number one, I think we both agree. Bama. I think the whole country does. Alabama. Bama. Yeah. I mean, Tua I, is ridiculous. Their defense is ridiculous. They run up the score like nobody. In the first quarter, you have no idea how many games I've watched the first quarter where you're like, holy crap, this team might be stride and stride. And Mississippi State did it. Um, Ole Miss actually did it. And the, remember the first quarter? It was like a, it was like a two-position two well, game. The first part of the first, first half of the first quarter, and then Alabama didn't look back. But um, I, I mean, and then, and then um, yeah, it, after that is over. But I mean, even if the team keeps it solid, and, I mean, no, nobody can keep it with Alabama. I mean, they play their best football for the first half, one hundred percent. Yeah. And then the second nuts. half, it's like Alabama has been playing seventy five percent the whole time. Yeah. Still I, I don't even need to say anything. Team. I mean, if you've played seven games and your quarterback hasn't gone, your starting quarterback hasn't gone in the fourth quarter, that's enough said. Yeah. Number two. I got Ohio State. Who do you got? Ohio State, yeah. And I, mean, I think, like I said, they're hand-in-hand with running up the score like Bama is. I mean, yeah. it's a team that's... Their defense is a little on the edge for me. Um, but, I mean, they haven't lost yet. And I think Big that's 10. why people give Alabama the, the, yeah. the tilt because so, Alabama's defense is just... I don't think there's any I think they're way better. There. Number three, I got Notre Dame. What about you? This is this is, um, this is is one where I actually... This is my personal opinion. I put LSU. Okay. I, I love LSU at number three just because I think that... I mean, their one loss, I don't think it, it dictates the kind of team they are. Mm-hmm. Um, when you saw them play last week, I mean, Georgia was in mayhem. Um, it, it took one of the best teams in the nation and made them, like, literally lose their minds. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat Auburn. Auburn was supposed to be supposed to be aspiring to be a great team, It, it seemed like at the time they played Auburn, Auburn would still, you know, had passion I for think, their team. I think LSU's defensive line is horrifying. I mean, they really pressure the quarterback. Even if they don't get to the quarterback a whole lot, every play the quarterback's pressured. For sure. For and they, sure. they keep their deep – I mean, the corners keep deep threats on lock. I don't know. I think LSU is a really great all-around team. Um, I think that one loss is it is the only reason they're ranked um, a little bit higher up in the top ten. But, yeah, yeah I have them at number three. I think they're I think they're relatively <coughs> up there with Ohio State. I down. think – I'm going back on that. I think they have probably, you know, the number one, like, best win in college football, if not number two. The reason I got Notre Dame in there is – Although it might not, you know, seem as good of a win at the time, but now looking back on it, it looks really good. They defeated Michigan week one, and they kind of, you know, picked them apart a little bit. Their offense wasn't able to do anything. Um, and Notre Dame is that team that's just getting better and better every week. They changed um, their quarterback. They went from uh, what's his name, whatever to now Ian Book is starting. Um, and that team has just completely changed ever since you know he started. He looks way better in the pocket. I know they struggled last week with Pitt, but Pittsburgh is also that kind of team that's just always a tough team to play. It's a rivalry. Um, yeah, we saw Clemson a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I got Notre Dame. I love the new quarterback change, and that that's pretty much where I got them at number three. I like All that right. take. I like that take. Number four, I got Clemson. Yeah, Clemson. Got? Yeah, I mean, they're undefeated. You're not going to knock them out of the top four. I mean, they had the close game with Syracuse, but Lawrence and was hurt. But that's the only reason I put LSU over them. Yeah, I mean, that game. they I, definitely have a better win. I, I think, think they're they're undefeated, and that's undisputedly. You have to put undefeated, especially at this point in the season, you have to put yeah. undisputed teams top five. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, not undisputed, undefeated. But when you have a close game like that, and honestly, I don't think Clemson has done nearly as much to LSU has to prove themselves. That's yeah, the only no, reason I get sure, LSU sure. on, the, on the edge. Uh, anyway, number five, I I put Georgia as number five. Actually, I got LSU. So I I put Georgia as number five only because I think that I think that the fans and the coaches and the team of Georgia just lost their minds. And I think it's it's the fact that y- they didn't give oh whatever the crap his name is Kirby oh well, um, Fields they didn't give Fields they didn't give or mm-hmm. they, I, I I don't know. I don't like the quarterback dispute here. I don't like how they play either of them. I don't like how they 
how they move them around as much as they do. They, they're not giving either the either person a chance to sit there and figure out what they need to do in the game because they keep moving either of them out so quickly. Um, I don't know. So, so are, I, are I think, you saying you think they should go with Fields, or you think they should stay with Fromm, or you? Well, I think I think the fact that I think they pulled Fromm too early. Yeah. I, I think that that I mean I don't think he's playing well, but you can't. I mean this this kid brought you. He it was an incredible season last year. It was a freshman year, incredible season, and you can't. Um, I mean, you, you can't just pull him out and throw it just a field. You got to give him a second to figure it out. You know what I mean? But, and versus a team like LSU, it's like, of course they're a hard team, but that's exactly what they want. They want you to throw in more people. They want you to have confusion. I mean, LSU. I mean, they're all over you all the time. So if you can't figure it out and you're doing all this crazy stuff, it just gives them the edge. I I, I see what you're saying, but isn't it kind of that similar situation with Alabama? I mean, you have a guy in Jalen Hurts who was getting the job done, took you to two national championships, didn't necessarily get the job done, but you got this stud and Tua on the bench. Fans are just dying to see him. They throw him in the fire. Second half of the four, or second half of the national championship, and you know he comes out slinging it. I I, actually, I don't necessarily agree with Georgia fans, you know, because they're just so toxic. And you know, if they don't see one thing they like, they just you know attack you. Oh, I know. It was one for one field. Safram is Jesus yeah, Christ. I, I, next. What I didn't like about that game was how they, you know, like you said, they just put Fromm in for two plays and they brought Fields in for one. At least get let a guy get in the rhythm. You yeah. Know, let someone get into a rhythm, let him stay in the that, game, well, that's, and let him and that's what I'm himself saying. as the quarterback. Yeah. You, I know exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you have to get the establishment there. But so I, let, I actually let, didn't even think about the Alabama point. That was a great point. Um, yeah, that's not even something I Yeah, consider. so Georgia fans, in their mind, they're thinking, okay, we got this Tua that's on the bench. He's in Justin Fields. He's a 6'3", 220-pounder. Looks like Cam Newton in the pocket. And you have this guy who you know what you're going to get necessarily. I mean, he's going to you know complete 70% of his passes, but he's not going to you know have the sexy Heisman stats like Baker Mayfield did or Kyle yeah. Murray or Will Greer. So it's just kind of going off that sense that you know they're kind of wanting more, but Georgia fans always seem to want more. I think know? when you get a week of practice in, um, you come off a loss like that where obviously your coaches are like, all right, there needs to be a decision made. You have a week of practice. I mean, I, I think they're going to figure it out. I think they're going to figure yeah, it out. They're going to pull themselves sure together. Um, that's just why I have them still my number five. I think everybody saw that loss, and they were like, oh, geez, George is terrible now, and they yeah. you know, threw him down. But I think they're still a, easily a top three contending team um, if they can figure their crap out. And especially if they if Kentucky stays good and they beat Kentucky, then I I definitely think they're the real deal. All right, so for these bottom five, we'll just kind of spit them out real quick and then just give like a tiny little reason so that we can – Save a little bit of time. Six, I got Texas. Seven, I got Oklahoma. Eight, Florida. Nine, Michigan. Ten, Georgia. What are your bottom five? Um, all right, so I got six, Notre Dame. Seven, Michigan. Eight, Texas. Nine, West Virginia. And ten, Kentucky. All right, so six, Texas. They lost to Maryland early week one. They've played ever good since then. They beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma, seven. After that loss to Texas, I got to rank Texas higher. Florida ranked eight. They got the big win over LSU, so I'm ranking them higher than Georgia because Georgia just lost to LSU. I get that Florida was at home, but they still got the win. They did it on the field, so I got Florida 8, 9, Michigan. They've been playing solid ever since that Notre Dame game, and 10, Georgia just coming off that loss to LSU. Don't feel like they need to be dropped out of the top 10, but I feel like they need to be dropped lower because they got kind of dismantled. That's fair. Um, I had... Yeah, I, I kind of had Notre Dame and Michigan um, kind of bouncing back and forth between a 6 and 7 spot. I think they're both a lot alike as mm-hmm. teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had um, Texas. Honestly, I haven't really been keeping up with Texas that much. Um, I've read a few things. Um, I know they're kind of on a roll right now. They're playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've had, ru- they've had rough starts. And they've had, obviously, the coaches have had to make a lot of changes and figure their crap out. But I think they are. And they're just one of those teams that's like, that everybody at the beginning of the season was like, oh, I don't know if they're gonna be that good, and now that they see them settle in, yeah, they're gonna, like, be, they're like, oh crap, this team might be good. Yep. West Virginia, um, they came off a loss, and th- this is just like, uh-huh. that's a heavy hitter, West Virginia. In I the know top it 10. is. I'd have put Kentucky as ten, so um, I have those, and it's just because it, this is more. Nathan loves the statistics. The statistics. He loves the numbers. He loves seeing um, out that out of that perspective. When, since this is my top 10, obviously it's my personal opinion, and I love Will Greer. Um, I think West Virginia has, honestly, he's at the helm. He reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers just because he figures out the crap that his team can't make up for. Um, I like West Virginia, and honestly, even if they end up crashing this year, I wouldn't, or not crashing, even if they end up being a top 25 team, not top 10, I wouldn't be that shocked. I just like them there. I think it's fun to have them there. Um, and Kentucky, of course, just because, you know, Kentucky's my 
my dark horse. I, I like yeah, him as a no, for sure, for sure. I like him as a yeah, East and, and and what he just said, West Virginia being in the top ten, that's a heavy hitter. That's what we pride our podcast on. Oh yeah. You know, hot takes, bold predictions. We're gonna make people mad. That's our intent. That is our intent, and we don't care, and we have a lawyer. Yeah. So come at us. We will back it up with facts. And then kiss you. Alright, so <laughs> transitioning from college football to the NFL. There's a big debate going on with people that I talk to, the people yeah. you know in the sporting world. I love in this. I don't know why. I it, just want to get this off. What, what are you going to well, say? It, it's been it's been a big debate for a long time, but for some reason this week, it's like I've the same. I've had I've had this I conversation just, like yeah, five people times. People coming up to me. Oh yeah, talking about it. And it was well, I know why, but just get into yeah, it. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Yeah. Who's the better quarterback? Oh yeah. Lane, just go ahead and you go off on a rant. Talk about it. All right. Um, I'm going to make people mad. And I want you to know now that if you were listening to this and you were mad, I'm smiling at your anger because I love Aaron Rodgers and I think he's better. Um, but this is also one of the things where I start every argument with Aaron Rodgers being better with me saying that this is such a close argument that I would never say 100% Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. I'm leaning at like a 65-70% that I think he's better. Mm -hmm. Because at any point, somebody could bring up a really great point about Brady that I hadn't thought of, and I could be like, oh crap, you're right. Because I think Brady is absolutely incredible. The only thing that I love about Aaron Rodgers, and this is what, in my mind, in my personal opinion, not even not even that much of numbers, I mean, I have numbers that I can give you, but... I love the fact that Aaron Rodgers makes up for the parts of his team that they're missing. And if you watch, if you watch on Monday night's game, I mean, Aaron, the whole it was ridiculous how, the way you saw. It. Aaron Rodgers was the only one that gave 100 percent the entire game. Their offense was their offensive line was disgustingly sloppy. Aaron Rodgers was getting battered. Um, their defense was. Um, the 49ers defense was playing incredible. Um, the, Devontae Adams, they had on lock the entire game. Every All their deep threats that Aaron Rodgers loves going to, they had on lock. Aaron Rodgers was doing everything he could. They just He was keeping up. He's the only reason that they were keeping up. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, and I don't know why Green Bay loves to do this. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has great motivational speech or butt slaps that he does, but they love in like the last 10 minutes of a game, the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, they love to just come behind victories. They're obsessed with them. And Aaron Rodgers is very good at them. And I honestly, I think that's one of the reasons because when you have a team like um, the Patriots, when you just have a rock-solid team, you have a team that you have many threats you can go to, teams where everybody's normally playing really well, um, it's not hard for Brady to be incredible. And I think, and in my personal opinion, I think if you put an Aaron in Brady's position, that he's going to do just as good or better just because of the way that he controls his team. And if he can make up for the parts where his team is already behind mm-hmm. and make his team a, a top contender, which, I mean, this year I don't know how much of a top contender they're going to be. I think they're going to be good. But um, if, if you can have a guy that does that, then and then you put him with a team like the team Brady already has. Like like I say, if you put Brady on, on the Packers, I, I don't think there's any way he'd be nearly as good as what Aaron's making them. Um, and, I mean, you have... The, you also have their, their career stats. You have Aaron has 40,000 total passing yards in his career and he has 325 TDs um, against Brady's 501 TDs and 67,000 passing yards. Obviously, you got to give Brady the stats. But, however, Brady does have five more years um, as a starting position. Aaron was behind Brett Favre for a while. So, I mean, five years, Aaron's definitely on pace to be right with him. Um, and that's without a lot of these threats. I mean, I'll give it to Devontae Adams at the end of the game. Actually, I think they give it too much credit. At the end of the game, he really stepped up, but that's because he started playing with a fire under him when the whole entire game he was playing lazy as crap and he was getting locked down. I don't know. Um, a lot of mixed feelings about that one game, but definitely very solid feelings on Bra- on not Brady, Aaron. Um, I, I just think that he's overall a better quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much am going to agree with you on that. I'm going to go ahead and just say Brady. Go out on a limb. Um, I feel like Aaron does more with less. But, you know, if you put... They're they're two completely different styles of quarterbacks. You know, Rodgers is the... I'm going to get rushed. I'm going to run out in the pocket. I'm going to throw a pass off my back foot and just sling it down there 50 yards and complete. Brady's a little bit more of, you know, the traditional stand in the pocket um, and, you know, make the same completion but just in a different fashion so i think rogers is more like kind of like a swiss army knife um 
they're still going to do the same thing. He's got more gadgets to him. You know, he's got the the wine, you know, the thing to unscrew your wine bottle, or he's got a pair of clippers that goes with him. What the crap is that thing called? What do you mean? I don't know. I can't think of the name right now, but you know what I mean. The little little DNA strand looking yeah. thing where you stick it in the corner. No, I know exactly what you're talking it. about. No, he's he's got things like that. He's you know if you want the if you want the blade, he'll give is you the blade. If you want the corkscrew, it might yeah, it's a corkscrew. That's it or what? Whatever. Don't don't <laughs> judge us for not knowing. Um, no, judge us. That's that's yeah. We need the we need the. But either way, that. either way, I feel like he has more you know intangibles. You know Brady's he's still gonna get the job done. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna say Brady. Because he's got five championships. I mean, I know that's not just him. It's not all on him. He's got to have people around him. He's got to have defenses. But if, especially, you know, after the 28-3 comeback of the Falcons. I don't mm, want to yeah. talk about that. I might cry. Um, th- that's just kind of when he established himself as, you know, just... I, I, but, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Aaron is probably just as good. He might even honestly be better because he has so many more different things. But Brady's got five championships. He just wins. Um, but that might not necessarily be an attest to just him. It might be an attest to the team, because we don't really know how good the well. We we do know how good the Packers are because you see when Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, nearly tears his ACL week one, and the Bears, you know, demolish them. But then he comes back in and you know pulls a rabbit out of a hat and wins the game. <laughs> it's just kind of you know, I could go either way on no, that. No, I'm he honestly pulls, he pulls a rabbit out of his head. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> like, like um, what's his name? Better the moron. Yeah. He kicks himself in the foot. Yeah. So e- either way, either way, I, I honestly I'm kind of in the middle. It doesn't really matter to me. Just as kind of more of a preference of what you want. I think Rogers is a little bit more to fun or fun to watch. You know, because he's you know flashier. He's gonna do all the things that you want to see on on a highlight reel. And Brady's just gonna get the job done. No, I, I, championships I agree. at the end of the I day. I agree with that. And I actually remember saying after I watched that Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. When the game ended, I, I was we were we were at Drew's basement, and I was looking around at the guys I was watching with, and I was like, Tom Brady's the best quarterback to ever live. I, I you had yeah. when we, yeah. when you watch that For game, sure. if you don't have that thought in your head, yeah, I don't know what kind of person you are. Like you, yeah. let, let let's not talk about that game. All right, so after that, whatever. That, I mean, that, that's that our that's our that. takes on it. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, we're not gonna argue with you anymore. We're just gonna drop a link to this. So another kind of cool, we're not really going to talk about anything that's going on in the NFL right now, um, nothing really present, because it's kind of hard to, you know, get a grasp of where everybody's at right now, kind of almost at the midway point. And it's one of those, it's just one of those things where you're like, you can't count anybody out in the NFL, it's not like college football, you can't look at a top 10 and see a team with two losses yeah. and be like, oh dang, I mean, they're not going to be in the top 10, because, I mean, the Patriots, every single year, they'll, they'll start of the year with... Mm-hmm. Like they'll be like three and two, yeah. or like two and three. You know what I mean? They'll have like yeah. two or three losses, and they'll win out, and they'll win a Super Bowl. I mean, it's happened before. So like, you, you can't. I, think, I, I don't know what the Packers' record was a year. Like, I think the Rams are. I think yeah. the Rams are the favorite. I, I like them. They're ridiculous. They're so good. But at the same time, it's just one of the Rams are super. Yeah. Young it's team. just kind of hard to say as of right now you until you really start getting anything. more of a clear playoff picture. Because I mean, like the NFC South, you don't really know what's happening. Yeah, I, I would much because I mean the Falcons have two wins in the NFC South already, and. They're only two and four, or whatever. No, yeah, so, I want to. I want to make those takes whenever we get a more. Yeah, clear so we'll get a little bit more of a clear picture. Probably, you know, next week or the, week after, the episode yeah. after that, we'll give you more of a clear picture of what we think. And now, so now for the fun. This is an interesting topic that we kind of came up with. Um, toughest quarterbacks of all time in NFL history. Oh yeah, I know you have a very very strong opinion. Oh yeah, on this. I do. You have my favorite quarterback of all time. Yeah, so go ahead. Favorite quarterback of all time. Um, just just to give you this, my favorite quarterback of all time is Brett Favre. Um, I freaking love him. He's a gangster, but also a redneck. He is in a Wrangler Gene commercials where he plays football with his 50-year-old friends. Um, they get muddy, and it's just super badass. Um, Your dad went to college with him too, right? No, he did. Yeah, he did. They, they went like they were like two or three years at the same time. He said he saw Brett Favre break a pole stick over a guy's head in a bar fight. That's neither here nor there. Um, however, Brett Favre, and this is... this. I have, I have little reasons, but this is my main driving point for why he's the toughest quarterback of all time. He has the record, which I don't think will ever be beaten, of 297 consecutive starts. He has that record. It, it, it's his. And I, honestly, like I said, I don't think he's ever going to be beaten. And when you look up, when you watch games, when you watch film, 
when you watch um some old some old highlight reels on him, he's play, he played games where he figured out after the game his ankle was broken. Um, he played um a game after he had his his dad died the night before a game. He got the call at midnight and woke up and played the next game. Played one of the best games against the Raiders he's ever played in his career. Um, and that was when he was older too. He was like, oh my god, how old was he? He was like thirty six at that point, yeah, mid thirties. Um, he was incredible. He played so broken thumb. He played with a torn ligament in his ankle. Never missed a game. He oh, he played like I think it was five games with, the, with an official broken thumb and never had a cast on or anything. He put a cast on it when he was on the yeah. sideline, come off, take it off, and he play a game with it. I mean, the man is a monster. Um, and when you, I actually watched recently a, a, a Gruden um, QB camp video where they it was after Brett Favre had retired. Gruden was one of um, Favre's first coaches. And he, he they were showing film of Brett Favre in practice, um, one of his first practices where they were just they were just in a, um, an indoor training facility, and Brett Favre was throwing missiles. And in the first practice, he broke two uh, he broke a guy's index finger, a guy's thumb, and he broke a guy's rib. Yeah. I mean, he throws the, the ball harder than anyone he, that I've ever seen, except for maybe Cam Newton. But yeah, dude, I mean, dude's badass. It, it's sure. it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think honestly. And I know, I know Nathan picked somebody else just for the sake of the argument, but honestly, I don't think there's anybody that's going to come yeah. close to bring I mean, I, I, I definitely haven't really thought of this quite as much. Um, I don't really have too many strong feelings as quarterbacks. I got a couple guys that I'll talk about for just briefly. Um, a guy you got to really think about is Dan Marino. I mean, you know, he's, he, had a hun- he had like 100 or 99 or 100 consecutive starts. His team was not good. We have to remember that. His team was terrible. Dude had to do everything, kind of like an Aaron Rodgers situation. Um, yeah, he just at the helm. But, yeah, I mean, he, he had people coming for him. He was, you know, always getting hit. His team sucked, but he would carry that team on his back. And, you know, he would – even though I don't really know all of his injury history, um, but, I mean, it, I mean, it takes toughness, you know, to have to carry a team too. That's it, It's not just physical toughness. Another guy that I really – you know, this is kind of a hot take, a heavy hitter maybe, is um, Cam Newton. So, I mean, Cam Newton's that guy that's either going to rub the person the right way or the wrong way. People either love him or they hate him. So it's probably 50-50 in the league. He has probably, honestly, 50% of the league gunning for his head week in and week out. Yeah. You see, I'd, you I'd saw more it. than that just because he's so flashy, but yeah, I agree. You saw, yeah, he's, he's flashy. He's got a loud mouth. He's cocky. He's arrogant. I like it, personally. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him. I, I don't like that he plays for the Panthers. I'm not a... You know, that's division rivals to the my Falcons, but... Or not my Falcons, I don't own them, but, you know. So, dude dude gets drilled. People are always gunning for him. Like in that Falcons game, he slid and KZ, you know, dove straight for his head. And it looked like he was, you know, dead for half a second. Yeah. And then he stood up and was running to the sideline screaming, you know, like, come at me and stuff. And he just... Although you necessarily don't always agree with what he says or what he does, dude will take a hit. He's 250 pounds, and he's, you know, it'll take it. So, I mean, that's kind of – I have a couple guys. I actually but I mean, like that take. I, I didn't even thought about that. But I, I obviously, I'll make it clear, I'm a Panthers fan. Um, but I, I've told several – I've said several times, I, if there was, if they traded and got an, another quarterback, um, Cam Newton got hurt, they had another quarterback come in. I, I wouldn't care that much. I like Cam. I don't think he gets the job done nearly as well as a lot of other quarterbacks in the league. But the toughness thing, I, I, I had realized that and recognized that before. I mean, the amount of targeting calls that he does not get called on him. Mm-hmm. And you're right. He has so many. The, the, NFL, the, the NFL players hate him just because he literally he'll, he'll get hit harder than you see most people get hit, thrown on the sideline right in front of the other team's sideline, and he'll get up smiling. Yeah. And they hate it. They hate it. Yeah. So I actually agree even, with that. Even team. even like back um week one after the Broncos Panthers Super Bowl game, they played again, met again week one, Von Miller, I think, took him out with the concussion. I mean it, it's just plays like that, although he did have to leave the game and not return. Well and that's one of those still things, plays like that people are gunning for him. That's one of those things you have to recognize in Brett Favre's day that I mean obviously concussions were a big deal, but nowadays if you get hit in the head they immediately do a concussion scan. Like, if you get hit hard enough, the, yeah. co- the, the coach will make you do it. And if you have a concussion, you have to stay out. You can't yeah, come play. Yeah, for sure. So, Definitely a different time. No, no, no. And so I, I I can almost guarantee you the amount of times Brett Favre got laid out that he had a concussion here or there and he just didn't give a crap. Yeah, it, it, it wouldn't matter. All right, so that pretty much does it for our NFL. Like we said, we'll dig into more of the you know statistics uh, 
records and stuff next week. Yeah, who we, who we like, who's on top. We'll do um, more stuff. We didn't really want to dig into that today because, you know, MLB is really heating up. Um, oh, yeah. Boston's headed back to the World Series for the first time since 2013. Oh, um, yeah. They are absolutely dominant right now. Yep, business as usual. They come yeah. off the field after a huge win, and they're just straight faces, don't even care. It's yep. just normal for the It's like they almost, like, you know, expect to win every game. Oh, no, they 100% do. Yeah, I mean... So, there's really not much I mean, to say. I mean, they kind of put the butt whooping on uh, so the Astros. We'll, we'll do this. Y- for, for, the, for, kinda... the, for the people that um, that weren't super up to, or that aren't super up to date on the series, we'll give a quick series rundown. So, um, um, so Houston wins the first game at Fenway, 7-2. to And when you're a Houston fan, you're automatically going to that game. You're like, dang, this is the best team in the MLB easily. We're going in. I mean, we have a solid team, but I don't know if we're going to win. We're playing our first game at Fenway. We're probably going to get our butt whooped. I mean, it's going to set a bad tempo. And then all of a sudden, you win a game 7-2. to two. Fenway is in shambles. I mean, Red Sox are crying. Um, it's a horrible night. It's, it, it's the best thing that can happen to a Houston fan. <laughs> they are on top of the world. And then right after that, the next night they lose 5-7. to seven. They go back to Houston. They're like, all right, we're at home. This is awesome. Uh, we had that good win. I mean, last time was a close game. We're definitely still... Um, so I think we're still on top. We still have the better team, or maybe not the better team, but we have the better chances now that we're at home. And then the Red Sox went eight to two, and they just throw it right back in their face. So like, yeah, you're gonna do that to us at home. We can do it better to you at home. Um, and then again, Sox win the next game eight to six. Sox win series four to one. So it was it was just like, I mean, it, it reminded me a lot of the, the Jets fans seeing Darnold play that first game mm-hmm. and see him be so sick, and every Jets fan was on top of the world that finally they were going to have a sick Jets team. And, it kinda, kinda and then comes now it's like, yep. yeah, so that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just, and then, I mean, just a few of the, the takes we had in that game, um, we had the controversial out, um, Mookie Betts hits a absolute rock, or I'm sorry, Mookie Betts gets interfered with, Altuve hits a rocket, um, writes, um, um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Right field. Yeah. Over the right field wall. I don't know why I couldn't think of directions. Anyway, um, Altuve, he hits it out there. Mookie jumps up to, get, to catch it. Um, he obviously, if you saw the play, you probably did if you're on, if you have any social media whatsoever. Um, he gets his glove literally closed by a fan. It was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then Kate Upton, um, you know, she's obviously standing up for her husband, Justin Verlander. Um, I think in this game, I think that was the main part. I mean, a lot of people kind of saw it coming. But Kate Upton had the dumbest tweet in the worlds of history of, of all tweets uh, ever. I didn't see it. Oh, the tweet. Um, I don't remember word for word, but she was like, why on earth are you selling front row tickets to a baseball game? Um, if you like, the, the, She was like, why are, why are fans even allowed to sit here if they're not allowed to try to catch a ball? And Chipper Jones actually commented back, and he was like, if you think that's, that there's a baseball fan out there that doesn't understand that he's not supposed to interfere with a, a ball like that after mm-hmm. paying probably $1,000 for a, a front row ticket, you know what I mean? Like, every fan that's sitting there knows yeah. you don't reach out and try to catch a ball. You yeah. get out of the way. We learned so, that We learned that from the uh, the Cubs in LCS or NLDS game back in, like, 2003 or something. I, don't, I can't remember the guy's name. Dude with the headset on and the glasses and the uh, turtleneck. <laughs> Looks like a meme, but... You know, he he reached over and he got literally death threats. So take him as an example. Don't be like that guy. No, seriously. And then and then I, I get Kate Upton. She's married to Justin Verlander. She's standing up for him a little bit. Um, but at the same time, it's like, like w- what are you talking about? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I just thought that was the dumbest thing ever. Um, other than that, the same game, Pierce goes face first. The first baseman goes face first in the dugout. He goes for a fly ball, jumps over to the... The, um, the dugout and um, the comment the, the commentators of the game were like normally the the Astros dugout will be right there just in case something like that happens but every single Astros player bunch of douchebags just completely run out of the way and he goes face first in the cement gets up he's fine um, I, ca- I kind of want to go back to that Kate Upton tweet because she's known for just being toxic on Twitter I mean I can't remember the exact situation but something happened with Justin Verlander and it was like either had something to do with like a, a, a perfect game or something. I can't remember. You can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But apparently he got you know screwed by the officials. And she she goes on Twitter like obviously because everybody you know all these millennials or people from this generation feel that it's so necessary you know just to go to Twitter to get your point across. She she tweeted at MLB. She's like I thought I was the only person allowed to four letter word 
Justin Verlander. I mean, you you can fill the Peterson. Oh my God! I didn't even it's know like, that. It's like it's like I didn't even know you, that. You're not on the team. You, you don't need to say all your opinions. Well, just, and just like, let people take pictures <laughs> of you. You're doing you're doing good at your normal job. That's hilarious. I didn't. Even so know yeah, that. I just wanted to bring that up because she's known for being you know toxic on Twitter when and it comes then, to protecting her hub. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And I, I for Verlander, he probably loves it. But I mean, for everybody else, they're probably like, you get off of this. Like, all right. Um, David Price, um, last night he pitched an incredible game. He's one of only three Red Sox ever to throw a six, uh, to throw six or more innings and allow zero walks and zero runs in a postseason start. Um, the last to do it was John Lackey in 2013. Um, I think that's pretty fitting too because everybody was you know posting on social media again um, that you know. I, the picture was him, you know, raking the dugout or oh, not yeah. the dugout, the bullpen. Yeah, and people were just like, you know, um, this is where David Price is gonna be spending all of his uh, oh, playoff time. And, and and I'll tell you why. I mean, he had he had nine strikeouts, only allowed, allowed three hits, and this was easily the highlight of his career. Before this, um, Price was zero and nine um, with a six point one six ERA and eleven postseason starts. I mean, that is horrible. So I mean, when when you look at Price, it's like nobody expected him to. Nobody expected him to pitch that kind of game. He did. It was a shock. Um, a hot take. He was wearing the. Um, he was wearing his Jordan Elevens. Mm. Um, so I don't know if this is the first game he's worn them. It's if bold, it is, bold move. If it is, incredibly bold move. Yeah, and no, I love for sure. it. Um, All right. Um, I think that's enough about Boston. I mean, they're you know. No, yeah, and I, I think the Astros messed up. They had they had plenty of situations. They had a couple people on base, two outs, one out, whatever, couldn't make anything happen. Um, and then side note, the kid who the Devers absolutely slapped one re- last night, hit it to a Houston kid. He, he was, the kid was going to throw it back. Houston, the Houston fan, or the kid, he was a Houston fan. His dad, also a Houston fan, told him not to throw it back. Dad's a pansy. Kid's a pansy. He's raising a beta male. I thought it was absolutely disgusting. That ball is covered in <laughs> Boston piss. I don't know why you're still holding on to it. That's gross. You should have thrown it right back on the field. You're raising a beta male, just letting you know. And I'll see us. Uh, the Dodgers lose. All right, so this is just a quick recap. The Dodgers lose to Brewers. Um, what the heck? Okay, Dodgers lose to the Brewers um, in Milwaukee, five to six, and then the Dodgers win it four to three. The Brewers win it four to zero in LA. Brewers lose one to two. Um, the Dodgers win it five to two, and then so now that was five games. It's three to two. Dod- um, the Dodgers have the lead. Game six is tonight in Milwaukee. We got a uh, Hyunjin Ryu starting tonight. He had a. 1.97 ERA in the regular season, and then Wade Miley for the Brewers. And, yeah, I'm, I think the biggest thing is the fact that we're going to have the Brewers batting. And, well, I mean, okay, so the Dodgers, one of the biggest things we saw when we watched because we went to the postseason game with the Braves, Dodgers suck at routine um, infield stuff. Like, they suck yeah, at they, it. They were really struggling. They had and, a lot well, of errors. They've been doing all, I didn't even realize how much in the, in the regular season they've been doing it. But they figured it out, and that's one of their biggest things. I mean, the Brewers, in the first game, they had 11 hits, 7 hits, um, 8 hits in Game 3, 8 hits in Game 4, 5 hits in Game 5. I mean, when you have those kind of numbers and you're not scoring as high as they should be with those kind of amount of hits, especially 11 hits and 7 hits in the first two games, obviously the Dodgers are figuring something out in their infield. They're figuring something out with their pitching. Um, I mean, I don't think Kershaw is ever a problem. Clearly, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a problem for any team, but for I don't sure. know. Um, so... The question really is, is are the Dodgers going to clinch tonight? You know, games at 840 in Milwaukee. I see, I think the Brewers are going to get this one done strictly because of their bats. I mean, but the Dodgers pitcher, Ryu, he, he's just a freaking stud. Yeah, he's, dude, he's, he's, yeah, dude's he's been a he's baller. Just rock, he's just rock steady. He, he's taken over the ace position. I mean, it's hard saying that because Kershaw is a living baseball legend. Uh but he's definitely regressed a little bit over the past four years. Rayu is just top tier of pitching, especially right now. Um, I think this is going to – I really I, – I think Milwaukee's going to have a couple key hits late. I think Rayu's going to do his job, but he's going to you – know, Milwaukee's going to kind of force some uh, high pitch counts, and they're going to kind of get Rayu out of the game earlier, maybe like mid-fifth kind of sixth inning. I mean, it's still a pretty, pretty long time he's in there. So I think uh, Milwaukee's going to kind of take take advantage of the bullpen change, and I think they're going to get the job done tonight, and then that'll leave us with a Game 7 tomorrow night, which will be at 8 o'clock in Milwaukee. That game, who do you see winning? No, yeah, I mean, I like that take. Um, 
But I also think there's a big problem that Yelich's postseason stats are as low as they are. I mean, he's had 28 at-bats with mm-hmm. five hits. He's only had five runs. Um, he's had one home run, two RBIs, but he's, he's hitting a .179 average right now, which is just... I mean, his, his regular season, his batting average when he finished was a three seventy five, and he's hitting a one seventy nine right now. So, yeah. I mean, if they can get him to kick it up, and obviously he hasn't had a whole lot of games, I mean, you go through rough patches, so the postseason average isn't a huge deal. But, I mean, his postseason numbers are not that good. Um, and then I think that I think the Dodgers hitters are doing really, really well. Um, Puig is hitting a three eighteen, Turner's hitting a two eighty six, Machado's a two fifty. Yep. I mean, they're all hitting really well, and they're all hitting in clutch situations where you need them. Um, and like I said, the Dodgers fixed a lot of their small infielding stuff. Um, I mean, other than that, the only thing, the only take that I had with this series um, was that I hated, I hated, and I love that Yelich stood up for it, but Machado, um, he kicked yeah. he kicked the first yeah. baseman, um, Jesus Aguilar, in game four, and Machado was rightly fined $10,000, yeah. and you, you had the post-game interview, Yelich, they asked him about it, and he's like, yeah, I just didn't like it, and when he's walking off the stage, he's like... He's like freaking out, yelling about it. So I mean, I, I like yeah. Yelich stood up for his teammate there. Yep, I like that he was for passionate sure. for sure. And I, I hated Machado. That was a disgusting move. I I think his haircut's stupid. Also, I think Altuve's face is stupid. Yeah. All right. Um, so we'll kind of wrap things up here. What is your kind of World Series matchup, Boston and who? I hate saying it. I think I think the Dodgers are going to get this one done. I think, I think they're, they're going to go back so well right now. I think they're going to go back. And honestly, when I watched the Braves versus Dodgers, the Dodgers weren't. They were playing well, but I I remember the I mean the Brewers went in this series with a fourteen game win streak. I remember and they were, they were so good that year and the Yellows were playing yeah. so well. And I remember just I remember thinking whichever team goes Braves or Dodgers they're gonna get swept by the Brewers. That's how good I thought the Brewers were. And now the fact that they're this they're they're at home Dodgers lead the series full count mm-hmm. three two. I don't know. I, I I just like yeah you like how the Dodgers are playing right now. I do like how the Dodgers are playing, and I think if if um if Kershaw um or not Kershaw. If Rio's pitching well, and I mean, if I, I think if Miley doesn't, yeah. I'm, Miley's a good pitcher too. He's a 2.57 ERA, he's 5 and 2. I think if he pitches well, I, I don't know. It, it's a toss up. I like yeah. Dodgers going to the series. I like Red Sox winning it all ultimately, but we'll talk more about mm-hmm. that probably next week. I, I think I kind of agree with you on that. I think the Dodgers are just playing, you know, too much of like a championship team right now. I think probably Milwaukee gets it done tonight. I mean, I could obviously see the Dodgers. Oh, if it goes to Game 7, I would love it. But I, would love the game I, I think the Dodgers are going to win. I think they're going to go back to the World Series, and then that'll leave us with. Boston and L.A., that'll be a cool matchup, but, you know, all right, so that pretty much wraps up this uh, podcast, uh, yeah. heavy, hipper, heavy Hitters Episode 1. Uh, again, I am Nathan Peterson. And I'm AKP, Lane Cochran. And we are signing off, so thank you for listening. <laughs>